Brother Mays, come right ahead and bring our message this morning. Let's give Brother Mays a good welcome to the temple. Amen. All right, I tell you, it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I tell you, I uh, felt like sitting over there a few moments ago that we ought to call a recess and shout about 30 minutes around here today. I'm sure you've enjoyed that good singing. Wasn't that good? I don't know about you, but that cranks my truck. Amen. You say, well, it don't do anything for mine. You must have a dead battery somewhere. But what a blessing it is to be back with you here at Temple. And I praise the Lord for this one day that we can come and worship with you and share with you the precious Word of God. Always a blessing, I tell you, to be in the house of the Lord and to come to see what God's doing here is a miracle. And I thank the Lord for every blessing that God's blessed since your dear pastor has come. And I appreciate the tribute. Let me give you a couple of things that... Happened the last month. I was over in Yancey County camp meeting, Baptist camp meeting last month. A lot of people walked up to me and said, Do you know Brother Trivet? And I said, Yes. That's right out of uh, Burnsville and Boone, the camp meeting. And then I was down at Hudson, North Carolina, the next week, which was nearby. In the camp meeting there, they asked me. And then I closed the meeting last Friday night, this Friday night in Detroit, Michigan, so I could get back here today. And the pastor said to me, where are you going? I said, I'm going down to Temple. I said, going to be with Brother Trivet. Uh, he said, he used to be in our church here as a little boy. Brother Jack Story. I did not know. And I said, yes. And I said, God's blessed Brother Trivet with a great church, great people. And it's an honor for me to be in the house of the Lord with this dear brother and then with this dear brother and the choir and you. May God bless you. I hope when you leave here this morning, you can say, I've heard from heaven and everything is all right now. And that's what counts if you hear from heaven. And I believe that we will if we'll pray. Now, it's glad, I'm glad to see. I, I believe that Brother Trivet announced a few moments ago Miss Grubbs was here. Where is she? Let me see her hand. Where is Miss Grubbs? Fine. It's good to see her. Blessed. I tell you, I always appreciated uh, the ministry of Brother Bobby. I think the last time I was with him in a meeting, I appreciated him more than I ever was down in a place called Pascagoula, Mississippi. And uh, you, how many of you heard that song about squirrel and a revival I had in Pascagoula? Hold up your hand. Let's see. Well, good. I know what kind of radio station you listen to now, but we were there in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Brother Bobby brought some messages that were tremendous. And that's the last time. I walked out on Saturday morning when he and his son were leaving to go home, and I didn't know I'd see him anymore, but I'll see him one of these days over yonder. And Brother Eddie Goddard's wife is here. Where's Miss Goddard? She spoke to me. Fine. Stand up. I used to go with them when they were in West Virginia. And we had some great times there at Sewell Valley Baptist Church. But it's good to be here. Now, let me say this real quickly. I'll get right into the message. 
Next week, I'll be in Rome, Georgia, starting tomorrow night, Hollywood Baptist Church. All week, I'm going to preach on modern. Uh, that is, uh, I don't like modern. I don't like to even mention it modern. Say amen. I don't like liberal. Only thing I like liberal is liberal giving. Amen. Uh, but I, I'm going to bring messages on uh, song titles that have become very popular in the last year. And I know Faye up here uh, likes singing and others of you. But let me say this. Tonight I'm going to bring one of those messages. I want you to call two places, two places when you leave here today. First, I want you to call heaven. And ask God to really bless us in the service tonight. Secondly, I want you to call somebody that was not here this morning that you know that will leave the message. There's a song that was very popular for about six months. Number one, I'll preach on that tonight. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I want you to be here tonight and hear that message. When Jesus was in his agony and his suffering and his dying... I'm glad he looked down and I was on his mind. Now, brother, that'll stagger your imagination. Because all that was laid upon him, I, I could believe, and I do believe this other, but I could believe easily if the Bible just said, and the sins and transgressions and iniquities of Chattanooga was laid upon him. But it doesn't say that. It said the iniquity of us all was laid upon the Son of God. Every one of you, but with all that he carried in six hours on that cross. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I hope you'll be here and uh, we'll have a great time in the Lord. Now quickly, uh, open your Bible. I'm glad you brought your Bible with you. I want you to turn to Second Chronicles chapter 7. And we're going to read a few verses of Scripture. And this, since this is one day, and I'm so glad I can come and be with you again here at Temple. I'm glad and happy to be with you, dear people. I want you to notice, uh, in the seventh chapter of Second Chronicles, I'll begin reading with verse 1. Let's stand for the reading of the Word of God, if you will, quickly. All over the house, let's reverence the reading of the Bible. The Scripture said, we'll begin reading with verse 1. And when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Now look this way just a moment. Not many of this generation has ever witnessed the glory of God filling the house. Brother, when He fills the house with His glory, there's not much room for anything else. And the Bible said, He filled the house with His glory. Look at the Scripture, if you will. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground. And I notice, upon the pavement, they had pavement back in those days. You know, nothing new under the sun, the Bible said. And the Bible said they bowed themselves down. Boy, they didn't have a nice altar. They just got down on the hard pavement. Now, notice what they did when they got it. They worshipped and worshipped and praised the Lord. And Why, wow, that's out of place, most Baptist churches. You know that? Somebody raised their hand and shouted, it scares folks to death. 
But I'm glad I'm the old-fashioned crowd, and I don't feel at home unless somebody is doing that. Amen? And the Scripture said, And uh, worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, and uh, His mercy endureth forever. Oh, I'm glad His mercy has never run out. When justice called, mercy answered. Hallelujah. Look at verse 12, 13, and 14, and then I'll bring you the message. The Bible said in verse 12, The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for the house of sacrifice. And if I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among thy people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, uh, uh, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I want you to be seated all over the house of the living, and I want to pray. Would you bow your head? Father, we do thank you and count it such a privilege to be able to stand once more in this pulpit. We thank you for sending Brother Trinity here. And we thank you for the way you're blessing Temple. And now, Lord, we come today to bless thy name. We come today to give praise and honor honor and glory to He who is worthy. Praise God. I'm glad that one day we'll all bow and worship Him. You said every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And we thank You that one day we will all do that. Blessed be Your name. Now speak to our hearts and all You do. We'll praise You because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, I want you to look this way, and for a few moments I want to speak to you on the subject. The kind of revival we need or the kind of camp meeting. Somebody said, are we having one today? I'm afraid not. I speak in more camp meetings, I guess, than anybody. From about the 1st of June till in October, I'm usually in camp meetings. But I find little of old-fashioned worship, little of old-fashioned praise, little of real revival fire. But so much for that. Let's come to the text. The Bible says, and Solomon dedicated that beautiful temple. My, could you imagine the splendor, the majesty, the glory that came. The Word of God said, and Solomon prayed. And when he prayed, the Word of God says, fire came down from heaven. Glory filled the house, and the people worshiped the Lord. Oh, what a blessing it is to see God's people when they're in the spirit of worship, when they come to worship and to praise His blessed name. But the Scripture says in the next few verses, they can forget me even after that great glorious occasion. And He said, if they do, I can shut up heaven. I can cut the blessings off. But I'm glad what He says. And by way of introduction, let me give you four things that He said if we would do, He would do three things. In verse 14, He said, if my people 
people which are called by my name. Number one shall humble themselves. Beloved, God cannot bless the proud and the haughty and the high-minded. We've got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God if we expect the blessings of heaven. Oh, what a blessing that is. To see God's people in humility, humbling themselves before the Lord. Then he said, humble yourself, pray. I'm not talking about now, lay me down to sleep. I'm talking about ringing the prayer bells of heaven. I'm talking about hearing from heaven. He says, and then number three, he said, seek my face. How long has it been since you just would wake up in the morning and say, Lord, let me see thyself. Let me look upon the face of the Lord. And the third, fourth thing he said, he said, and turn from your wicked ways. Let me say until God's people. He didn't say the bootlegger. He didn't say the whoremonger. And the thief, he said, if my people would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then praise God. He said, I'll do three things. Number one, he said, I will hear from heaven. Oh, I'm so glad I've already heard from heaven. It's a blessing to come to God's house and hear from heaven. What a blessing that is. I, I'm a mountain person. You, you know that when you hear me preach. But I'm not ashamed of you. Some of you are. Say amen right there. I'm not ashamed of it, and I'm an old-fashioned mountain boy. But when things got rough during the Depression days, and we didn't have bread on the table, and there wasn't meal in the barrel, my mother would go out to the old-fashioned junk house. You're kind of modern. You call it utility house. But she'd go to that old junk house, get on her knees and pray about an hour, and then she'd come in waving that little handkerchief and singing, I've just heard from heaven, and it's all. Right now, there would be bread on the table. There would be meal in the barrel. You say, how? Because she heard from heaven. And then it says, I'll hear from I'll forgive your sins. Somebody said, I, I'm not perfect. Are you forgiven? Nobody's perfect, but you'll strive for perfection. If you've been forgiven, you'll never cease to want to be just like the Lord. You'll never cease to want to put up close to Him. And so He said, I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sin. And then He said, I'll heal your land. Mr. America's sick. Chattanooga's sick. Atlanta, Georgia, where I live, sick. We need the great physician that sympathizes in Jesus. Brother Trivet to come and to heal the land in this day in which we live. But I announced to you, I'd speak on five or uh, some things about revival and camp meeting that we need. If you have your pencil, would you mark them down in the margin of your Bible? First of all, we need a revival and a camp meeting of the fear of God. Oh, it's wonderful to have that holy fear of God. That awesomeness, not that He's going to throw you in the hell. No, that's for the lost. And they should tremble, but we ought to tremble in His presence because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we need that fear. In the book of Romans, 
Romans chapter 3 and verse 18. It said, having no fear of God before their eyes. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13, Solomon said, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. Let's look over in Hebrews 10 and verse 31. And he said, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Let's listen to our Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ said, Oh, fear Him not, who's able to take a knife or a gun and destroy you. But He said, this world had better fear the one that can destroy both body and soul in hell. Brother, we need that holy fear of God. I'm glad every time an angelic being appears in the Bible, Every time, he always said, fear not. Oh, there's something about God in the uh, presence of an unseen God this morning that ought to make us fall down and fear the Lord. Now, when I was a boy, I, I, I didn't have any fear of my mother. Not a bit. You see, I was always a good talker, and I could out-talk mother. And mother would tell me when I was about 12, get up, maze, and go get some stowwood. Of course, some of you don't know what stowwood is. But uh, I'd say, now, mother, I'm fragile. Oh, Lord, you're going to kill me. And about that time, my daddy would open the door down the hall and say, Maze! I'd say, excuse me, and out the door I'd go. you say, where was you headed to pick up every stick of stowwood in that county, brother? I want to tell you, I was afraid of my dad. Boy, when I get to heaven, I'm going to straighten him out. He's already there. But he used to whip me, and he'd holler, it's hurting me worse than it is you. And I'd say, Lord, have mercy, somebody's got their signals mixed up. Oh, are you listening to me? Brother, we need a holy fear of God. Not only do we need a fear of God, we need that first love. You remember when you first got saved? Oh, they didn't have to beg you to come to church. When you first got saved, the thrill and the excitement you had. You just woke up every morning more in love with Jesus than you were when you went to sleep that night. Oh, the happiness and the joy that you had. I want to tell you something. I was excited God saved me. I was taking final exams. Second year, North Carolina State University in Raleigh, North Carolina. And God reached down and saved me so good. I've never gotten over it. And thank God when the little wheels begin to turn in the big wheels and the sparks begin to fly, I cry, Hallelujah. I'm glad He's mine and I'm His. And it's an exciting thing to have an exciting love. Why, bless your heart. Listen, we need an exciting love. Temple Baptist Church ought to love Jesus so much. Oh, they wouldn't let snow or rain or sickness or anything else stand between them and the house of God and prayer and witnessing and Bible study. What a blessing that is. Oh, I want to tell you that that's a blessed thing. In the book of the Revelation, you'll find chapters 2 and chapters 3 deal with the seven churches of Asia Minor. And five of those churches he said something good about. Uh, but there are two of those churches he couldn't find anything good about. 
I wonder if the Lord had looked down this morning. What could He say good about temple? But in the first uh, church, uh, listen what He said. If uh, Revelation 2, 1, He said, Under the church at Ephesus, write these things. I know, I know thy works. They wasn't lazy. Oh, they, they were willing uh, to rise early and work. I believe in grace as much as anybody in this world. But I want to tell you, after you're saved, there's some work to be done out in the vineyard. And he said, I know that you're not lazy. Listen to what he said. I like this. He said, I know your patience. My wife says I need more patience. But I told her I didn't want it like the Bible gives it through tribulation. Say amen right there. But oh, listen to me. He says in verse 4, Revelation chapter 2, Nevertheless, I have something what against thee. Ye have left and not lost it. You just left that thrill. You just left that joy unspeakable. You just left your first love. And then he goes on and tells that church to repent and to return to that first love. What a blessing it is to have that first love. My wife and I was married June the 4th, 43 years. When I came to Chattanooga here, the last time I was here, I believe about five years ago, uh, I said my wife's looking forward to the 40th anniversary. And she told me, she said, I read in the Bible where Israel was in the wilderness 40 years. And said, Bud, if I live with you 40 years and it don't get any better in the wilderness, I'm pulling out. Praise God. But let me say to you here this morning, oh, when you first got married, you had a first love. I mean, it was a precious love. You remember how you loved when you first were married? My wife and I have been married 43 years. She used to say to me, and I've always been different. I don't like to see anybody copycatting. I've always been different. And so when I started preaching, I pastored the First Baptist Church in Densville. <laughs> Can you imagine me in the First Baptist Church? I can't say Amen. Somebody said, how'd you preach? I don't have but one speed. I'm heaven. Church in Pittsburgh, Sandusky. Beautiful church. In fact, the window out in the front of the auditorium cost $120,000. I'm talking about the window. The window. One of the big steel mills had it imported from Italy and gave it to that church. Just a window cost a hundred. And I was in that church preaching, and boy, I let the hammer down. <laughs> and I got through preaching, started out a Yankee, said to me, We don't like that kind of preaching up north, bud. I said, I got news for you, bud. They don't like it down south, but they get it just the same. Amen. You hear me? Just as sure as your name's what it is. But my wife said to me, Mace, when you used to have your little green hornet, <laughs> you see, I, I bought a little coupe. Now, you look at my car, and I don't mean you look at it just because it's a new car. But listen, I don't drive cars like preachers. I drive something different than preachers. It looks like a convertible, but it's not. I want to be different. I, I don't want to drive just everything any other preacher drives. Then I got a truck. I like that. Praise God. How could I be a truck driver special without a truck? Say amen. But you know something? Let me tell you. My wife said, honey, when we first got married... You'd pull up that little green hornet, and you'd just open the door and help me in. And you're so slow and kind, 
and said, Now, when we start down the road, I have to ask you to slow up so I can get my leg in the door. Praise God. She said, What's happened to that first love? Are you listening to me this morning? Not only do we need fear, not only do we need that first love, but we need some faithfulness that we had. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, it's required of a steward, that's a man of God in the church, it's required of a Christian that he be found faithful. It didn't say that he'd have a beautiful voice or that he was a great preacher, but the Bible said it's required that he be faithful. That's what Paul said when he was charging Timothy, and he said, be instant in season and out of season. It's not too hard to come to church when you feel like it. It's not too hard to witness when you ever all your bills are paid and everything's going good. But I want to tell you, bless God, you ought to witness when everything's going bad. You ought to shout when everything's on the dark side. You say, but what can I shout about? Shout because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And there's a new name written down in glory. Faithfulness. We need faithfulness in the house of God. 25th chapter of the book of Matthew. Bible said, the Lord came by and gave man, one man five talents, one man two talents, one man one talent, said, be faithful. Came back later and he said to the man that he gave five talents, sir, what did you do? Were you faithful? He said, yes, sir. I took my five talents and gained five more talents. You know what the Lord said to him? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh, I like that. And then he came to the man and he gave two talents. And he said, what about you? He, he, he said, I want to tell you something. I took my two and gained two more. And he said the same thing about the man with the two talents as he did with the man with the five talents. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then he said to the man he gave one talent, What did you do? Oh, he said, you're a hard master. Let me straighten you out, mister. Jesus is never hard. He's the best master I ever served. Woo! Praise God, I'm glad. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Brother, the, now listen to me. It's wonderful to know that Jesus is your Lord and your master, brother. What a blessed thing that is. And he said, you're a hard master, and I, I was afraid of you. And I digged a hole, and I covered it up. My talent. He said, go and dig it up again and give it to the man that has five talents and gain five more talents. He said, because I want to tell you something. You're a wicked and slowful servant. Oh, you didn't trust me. You didn't believe me. You weren't willing to do what I asked you to do. Now, let me give you something that happened in Pascagoula where I was with Bobby Grubbs. The last time I talked with Bobby... Years ago in Pascagoula, they had a man that could sing and make the rafters ring. And one day he got peeved at the choir of the choir director of the pastor. And he got up in that church in Pascagoula. And he said, from now on, I'll never sing again. Y'all hurt my feelings. Now, if that's why he was singing, he oughtn't have been singing in the first place. 
If you can't have your little feelings hurt once in a while, something wrong, brother, something wrong. And I want to tell you something. He got it hurt. And he got up that last Sunday, he was to sing, and he said, this is the last song I'll ever sing. And he sang beautifully. And when he finished, a little boy, 14 years old, stood in the back and said, Mister, if you don't want that voice, I've asked God to give me your talent. I'll use it, mister, and I'll be faithful with it. Did you know the next three Sundays passed, and then that little boy came to church. He's there every Sunday, but he waited for three Sundays before he walked up to the choir director and said, I've got a song. And the choir director said, well, son, we don't have anybody can accompany you. Oh, he said, I don't need no accompany. Bless God, he said. I don't need it. Oh, he said, son, you have not. Oh, he said, yeah, I want to sing. And so to kind of get rid of the little boy, he said, all right, I'll let you sing a stanza or two. And before the preacher preached that morning, that boy opened his mouth and heaven came down. They said they'd never heard a young boy like that sing. You know what? God took that down from that other man. And he gave it to the boy. And the boy used that talent. And they tell me he's still singing for the glory of the Lord. Mister, we need faithfulness. Number four, quickly. Write this down. We need the fire of God. I can't stand on no cold, dead service. I like, praise God, for the pulpit to be on fire. I like for the choir to be on fire. I like for the altar to be ablaze. Mister, it's a blessing when the fire of the Lord falls. In First Kings chapter 18, they had a million problems. Oh, Elijah could not face the problems. And then they had a battle about the fire. And the Baalites cried all, all, nearly all day and beat themselves and cut themselves and chewed on themselves and said, The God of the Son, the Baalite God, hear and answer my prayer. And Elijah got a little weary. He said, You boys scoot over You've had all day. He said, up, give me a minute and a half and 63 words. And praise God, get out of the way because the fire's coming down. And the Bible said that Elijah got down on his knees on that Mount of Carmel. And he prayed. And the Bible said he prayed, Lord, send the fire. God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, send the fire down from heaven. And the Bible said, then, not next week. <laughs> I like that. Boy, I mean, then the fire of the Lord fell, licked up the sacrifice, licked up the wood. Oh, you say, preacher maze. It settled their problems when the fire of God falls in our preaching and when the fire of God falls in our singing. Oh, it makes a difference. But a lot of times we need the fire of God to keep us going. Well, I'll tell you, start a little fire on you and you'll keep going. Jeremiah chapter 20, Jeremiah sat down. It must have been on Monday, right after he'd had a hard Sunday. But he sat down. You know what Jeremiah said? Listen, I'm going to give you the Bible. And Jeremiah said, I'm not going to mention your name anymore. I'm not appreciated down there at the church. <laughs> I am going to keep my mouth shut about you, Lord. You know what the Lord did? He stepped up behind Jeremiah. 
and struck a Holy Ghost match to the, his bones, and the Word of God became a fire in the bones of Jeremiah. And he jumped up and said, wait a minute, Lord, I'll talk about you again. Thank God I'll go to work again. And what a blessing it is. In Jeremiah 20, he got up and God touched him. Let me give you another scripture. You know, I have sermons. I preached them here, some of them. Where I preached the whole book in one, 40 minutes. I never preach over 40 minutes. But I, I preach a whole book. In fact, I got 39 books of the Bible. Where I preach, preach Revelation in one 40 minutes. Give a panorama. Preach the book of Genesis, chapter 50. But Job's got 42 chapters in it. And sometimes I preach on Job. Boy, we need Job today. Old Job had problems. His family had problems. And uh, Listen to me. But there's a sad verse in Job. You say when he lost his kids. Well, I know that was sad. It's always sad when you follow your children to a grave. <laughs> oh, when his wife said, Curse God and die. That was sad. But I want to tell you the saddest thing in the book of Job. Job chapter 2 verse 8 said, And Job sat down in the ashes. You know what the ashes signify? Bygone fire, the fire gone out. Oh, he sat down in the memories of a blaze. And there he sat and, and he scraped those boils. And he thought about as he sat in the ashes. Oh, God, what's happened to me? I want to tell you, if you're sitting in the ashes and the fire's gone out in your life, mister, you're in trouble this morning. I want to keep a little fire burning. Ooh, I like that. I want to keep... I went one time. Let me give you this quickly. A couple other things and I'll close. When I was a young boy, my daddy took me to hear a Nazarene preacher. And my daddy was a great Bible scholar. He wasn't a preacher now. But he knew the Bible. I picked up a little testament he left me the other day. And it was from Arthur W. Pink. My daddy used to hear Arthur Pink every Sunday afternoon. And if you know anything about Bible study and books, you know Arthur Pink was great. Of course, he was too sovereign for me. He believed he had to, he couldn't scratch your nose unless it's predestined. I'll tell you that's foolishness as far as I'm concerned. And I believe that this election business, uh, as far as a sinner, uh, it's foolishness because my Bible said, whosoever will, uh, let him come and take of the water of life. But we can't do away with the rest of pink. He was a great man. And I picked up my daddy's testament and it said, to my beloved friend, Mays from Arthur W. Pink. And the tears came in my eyes. And I said, I'm glad my dad was a friend of some of the great men of the Word of God in his day. And Arthur W. Pink was a man that said, if the fire of God doesn't burn again, it's going to be bad. But my daddy took me that night to hear a, a Nazarene preacher. And he, 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 he tuttered. I mean, he, he couldn't talk too plain. And I wasn't a Christian, a little old boy. I sat down beside Dad. Dad said, you're going to hear something tonight. <laughs> and that preacher got up, and he'd been in a wreck, and he was all twisted. His hair was gray. Me, not a Christian, I didn't understand. But he said, you know, somebody asked me what I'm going to preach on tonight. 
and said, I'm going to preach on Jesus. And the back of my hair stood straight up and I wasn't even saved. I want to tell you, a chunk of God hit me. You say, you wasn't a Christian. You wasn't there. You don't know what happened. Praise God. Say amen right there. I want to tell you something. That man said, I from Oklahoma. He didn't say Oklahoma. He said, I'm Oklahoma. And he said, now, little boy, and said, I was a prime mule. He didn't say mule. He said mule. And his name was Uncle Buddy Robinson. And you know what he said? I never will forget it. I just a little old boy. He said, I'll plow a mule one day, and he got covered like some of you folks, and he wouldn't plow. And he said, I thought, well, what are we going to do? And my brother said, bite his ear. And he said, I was telling him, got his ear, and beat it, and he too wouldn't plow. And said, my brother said, go in the house and get me some newspapers, and I'll show you how to make him plow. And said he went in the house and got some newspapers, and I put them under his tummy and struck a match. And said when the fire hit that move, said he ain't stopped plowing since. Amen! Listen to me. Just as sure as you're in this house, and my name's Brother Mays. Oh, we need the fire of God to fall upon us and to stir us and to set us on fire. Brother, what a wonderful thing it is to have the fire of God. Now, let me mention the last thing. We need, listen to me, flowing tears. Oh, listen, you know when you sing the best? When you break down, just cry. <laughs> you know when I preach the best? And I don't preach good, but when, you know when I preach my best? When I just stand up here and cry. <laughs> Oh, I mean the tears, Jeremiah said. As a fountain of tears, let mine eyes flow. Listen to me. I want to tell you something. There's no substitute for tears. Now, when I first became a Christian 49 years ago, and I started preaching 48 years ago, listen to me. They came up to me and asked me to sign their Bibles. And I wanted to sign and put underneath Psalm 126, verse 6. You know what that says? It said, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with him. There's something a sinner can't turn away. That's a tear. Listen, there's something that God cannot turn away, and that's when we begin to weep. There's something your own heart cannot excuse itself of. And you know what that is? When God squeezes your heart, you begin to weep. Oh, you begin to weep. I close out a meeting Friday night in Detroit. And I go there every year. That same and some of those dear, precious people came down. And they said, Brother Mays, we want to thank you for the tears. Oh, for the tears! But when they came to me, I found too many other people that signed their Bibles. And I wouldn't copy anyone, so I put in that Bible, 1 Timothy 1.15, and that's where I've signed it ever since. That Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. Oh, when He saved me, He saved the worst among you. When He saved a wretch like me. And when I get to the place, I can't look up with tears and say, Thank you, Lord, you came where I was. And when I wasn't thinking about you, you thought about me. We need a flowing tear 
We need flowing tears. Let me give you a couple, three biblical illustrations, and then I'll give you an illustration and close. In the Bible it says, Paul, for three and a half years. Now you think about this. Three and a half years said, I cease not to warn you with tears. said, every time I knocked on your door, I was crying. Whoa, he said, every time I spoke to you about the good things of God, I was weeping. He that goeth forth weeping. Second Kings chapter 20, God said to Isaiah, go up there and peck on that fellow's door and tell him he's going to die. And Isaiah went up to Hezekiah. The king came to the door and he said, listen, set your house in order, mister. For thou shalt die and not live. And Hezekiah said, but I don't want to die. You tell God, I don't want to die. I want to live. And that's so. Everybody wants to live. Oh, listen to me. Last Sunday night, and I started on Sunday morning close. Last Sunday night, a little 93-year-old woman was baptized. And boy, I'll tell you what's the truth. I started to jump up there into that pool, bless God, and splash all that water out and shout all over that house. Oh, you say, Brother Mays, what a blessing. Nobody wants to really die now. You want to live. God gives life. It's a gift. Oh, you want to live. Now watch this. And as soon as Isaiah left Hezekiah's house, he got up and leaned on the wall and for three days, he prayed. But not only did he pray, listen to what the book says. And he cried. And God spoke to Isaiah three days later and said, Get up, Isaiah. Go back up there and peck on that fellow's door. And you tell him, I've heard your prayers, but I've seen your tears. Oh, we need a revival of flowing tears. I like to see preachers' wives. Thank God for Miss Trivet over here. And all the preachers' wives. And I recognize, too, that we've been with uh, so many times. But listen to me. There's a little lady named Catherine. And she'd go in London every Sunday afternoon to the women's stockade. And she'd pray and, and teach those women the Word of God in the salvation of the Lord. And one Sunday afternoon, she's standing at the gate, and they were dragging an old woman, tattooed, ugly, marked by sin, marked by iniquity. And she was kicking and screaming, I don't want to come back to jail. They, they dragged her by Catherine Booth. And when they did, Catherine started to cry. And she said, God, what can I do to let that old woman know that somebody loves her and somebody cares for her? And she just leaned over and kissed her as they dragged her by. But it wasn't the kiss that stirred that old woman. They dragged that old woman and threw her into the stockade. And she looked up and said, somebody loves me. And they said, nobody don't love you, you wretched old woman. You that have lived so wickedly. You that have been in jail, nobody. She said, I, I felt a tear while ago. 
Somebody loves me. Somebody cares for me. And all week when they'd bring her food, she'd say, did I tell you somebody loves me? And somebody cares for me. And Sunday afternoon following, Miss Booth came in. They said, you remember that old woman they dragged by you? She said, yes. She said, uh, I remember. said, she's crazy. said, she went plumb loony when we threw in her cell. said, night and day, she just stands up and says, somebody loves me. Somebody loves me. Somebody loves me. Miss Booth said, let me speak to her. And they took Miss Booth back and opened up the cell. And Miss Booth walked over and sat down on an old cot by her and said, tell me about it. And she said, nobody won't believe me. You won't either. She said, I was so busy trying to fight them away and screaming. I, I didn't see who it was. But somebody leaned over and kissed me. And that didn't, but put a tear fell off of the, down on my cheek. And she said, lady, can you explain that? That's exactly what Miss Booth wanted to say. She said, yes, honey, I can explain that. Nineteen hundred years ago in a place called Calvary, Jesus died and Jesus paid the sin debt for all of us. And Jesus sent me out to weep over the erring and cry for the, over the dying and to snatch them from sin and pity and the grave. And she said, I was the one because he saved me. Put a love in my heart of Calvary. She said it was my tear. That old woman got on her knees and kissed the hands and said, I'm glad. I'm glad even if I was in jail, I found out somebody loves me. A tear in the child. Ever head by the fire close one eyes. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you that's so kind. To hear the word. Oh, how blessed. Have you got a fear in your heart? Have you lost it? Have you that first love this morning like you had? The night when you knelt or the morning or the day when you came to Jesus and he saved you by his grace? Is that first love still bubbling, bubbling over in your soul? Are you here this morning and you say, Preacher, I've been faithful. Oh, I, I haven't let him down. Listen to me. The Bible said great is his faithfulness. I'm glad he's always been faithful to me. He's never been unfaithful to me. Listen to me. I want that fire to burn. I never want to live a day without the fire of God burning in my soul. And then I want those flowing tears. I want somebody to know that because He saved me, I can shed a tear over them. I can tell them that I love them. And what a blessing that is. Father, as we come this morning, there may be somebody in our midst Oh, they've been running. They've been saying no so long. There may be someone here. They've been in doubt. They just don't know for sure that their sins are gone. They're not certain they'd go to heaven. 
They're not sure they're born again. Oh God, I pray that that one will come. Maybe it's a precious little mother. Maybe it's a precious dad. Maybe it's a precious son or daughter. And then, dear Lord, there may be somebody this morning. Oh, that's a Christian. And lately, the fire hasn't just been burning brightly. Lord, it's been a long time since that first love just bubbled up and they'd say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, dark Jesus, I love you. My Jesus, dark mine. That first love. Lord, there's somebody here, some Christian that needs to run down here, get on her knees or his knees. Cry out, Lord, I want to love you like I used to love you. Oh, God, I want to be used and I want to be faithful to the Lamb. And then, Lord, for that one that's not saved, may that one come. Whatever person here that has a need this morning, thank God you said that you'd supply all that need according to your riches and glory of Christ Jesus. Oh, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's stand all over the house. Look, here's the altar this morning. You know what I'd do if I were you? If God was speaking to me, I'd slip down here. I'd come right down, get on my knees. I'd slip right down here before I left this morning. I'd get on my knees. Would you come? Listen while we sing. Come right on down. We're, we're going to sing. Come right on down. While we sing, you come. Bless your heart. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Would you come? All right.